0: my father for two reasons firstly because it was some months after he died that I first traveled to Egypt as it turned out that was the beginning of my professional life in the region in the years since I've lived and traveled throughout the Middle East and beyond from Cairo to Kabul and Casablanca about 500 years ago the word vagabond was coined from Middle English to describe an idle wanderer without a permanent home. It came to describe me as, like many before my example, I wandered from Morocco's Atlantic shores across the ancient deserts and through the modern cities of North Africa into Arabia and onward to the mountains of Afghanistan east of Iran. My father's stories invested some of that wanderlust in me. In turn, I hope to share with you stories of faraway desert places, tales with something for everyone, including romance, travel, religion, politics, economics, war, and peace, and to the very best of my ability, they will be true and possess contemporary relevance. The second reason I mention my father, Danny Guerin, is because like the soldier he was, These harsh, forbidding, and often lyrically beautiful lands of sun, sand, and ocean surf have hosted a procession of questing men and women through history, among them genius warriors and generals, astute and visionary political leaders and statesmen, unparalleled intellectuals of astronomy, mathematics, philosophy, and religion, and also women of immense tact, sensitivity, ability, And achievement and it's here I'd like to bring my mother Anna into the story my mother is also Irish from County Tipperary in the hills and mountains of Ireland's walking country wherever I ventured to she's always come to visit and I didn't bring my mother up though just to tell you about her holidays rather she's the one who brought me up to never forget the humanity in every story In my professional career, I've spent any number of recent years analyzing and preparing reports on the Middle East on such subjects as terrorism. This is a vitally important issue which I've been able to pass somewhat thanks to having lived in the region and by maintaining relationships with some local leaders and ordinary people alike. The closest my mother comes to explicitly stating a worldview is in the wake of an accident or news story when whatever's happened, she'll remember to say he's someone's son or she was someone's daughter. It's an observation that rightly extends to the faces and names in history that we will become familiar with in this course. In this and many other ways, my mother inspires me. The point of this is that in a 36 lecture course on turning points in Middle Eastern history, basic relationships remain at the heart of life. Therefore, they are central to the stories about even the biggest names in history. Each event turns on the capacities and limitations of beings like you and I, and so they may be expressed in relationships, some of which worked very well, and some that went badly wrong. We will explore a 1400-year period from the rise of Islam and the life of Muhammad, Islam's most important prophet, to the fall of the Ottoman Empire and the end of the last caliphate in Islamic history. The last caliphate, what is that? And how many of them were there? And what did they do? On a regular basis, I'm requested by representatives of the US State Department, the Department of Defense, and other governmental agencies, to explain the idea of the caliphate. A caliph can be understood as Muhammad's earthly successor, and the caliph's domain, or caliphate, was intended to combine the Muslim political and spiritual realms under his sole authority. Typically, in addition to being asked about what the term means, I'm asked if it's still relevant and if anyone today can legitimately lay claim to the title. These are important questions.